Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. but we're told by the publisher, and Dr. Price will be signing books. I'm going to get mine signed. Let me tell you what. I still have my signed Prophet's Dictionary, I think, yes, from way back in the day. My signed Prophet's Handbook from way back in the day. And I tell you what, the prophecy that she wrote in there for me came to pass right in the window that she said it would. Gary, 10 years. When you can call things 10 years down the line, 20, 30 years down the line, and it's not obvious to anyone but God, that's how you know you're tied to a real per, a person walking in a real prophet's mantle, an apostle's mantle. When you can speak into a situation when everything to the uh, everything obvious is to the contrary, that's when you know you are really walking in your mantle. Because anybody and everybody can make predictions based on the obvious. So when you stand up against the stream, you stand up against the norm, you stand up against popular opinion and headline news and everything that they want you to believe, and you say the favorite words that we hear from Dr. Paul Price, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> you know, all I know is what God told me. I don't care what so-and-so says. I know Satan's agenda. I know his plan. But I'm telling you, this is what the Lord says. When you are that flat-footed, that unmoved, that unwavering, you are completely locked into your mantle. And you are hearing straight from the voice of God, straight from the throne of God. Because, hey, let God be true and let every man be a lie. There's a lot of lying going on, a lot, because there's a lot at stake, a whole lot of lies. Lying in the church, we're seeing now more and more all these uh, huge ministries with these numbers, and it looks like God just blessed them because they blew up overnight. You find out that they bought their way into their large numbers. They paid people to shut down their ministries and join them. They went into other ministries and strategically planted people to pull other people out whenever they went on to a bigger plan. And so while we're conditioned to walk around saying everything big must be blessed by God, and many things are, we have to do our homework. It's like, what? What? And if you're not in tune, I'm telling you, if you're not in tune to his voice, you will buy into the old. You will buy into what was familiar, what, what everybody believed to be true, what everybody uh, thought to be true before we got here. But that's not where God is. We have to know who God who's bail, who's on top, whose truth is really true, whose lie is really a lie, and where God is in the midst of it. That's where we are. And we have to, have to, have to embrace this apocalyptic rollout that Dr. Price is doing, this dispensation, because it is shifting. I saw in the broadcast last night, um, somebody, I think it was Nanya, Nanya posted she said, she said, I'm seeing hard reset all over the place now. 
dark places are real trailblazer. Yes, now everything is hard reset. Many things, I should say, are hard reset. It won't be six months apocalypse, apocalypse, apocalypse in the body of Christ, apocalyptic. That is great. We want people talking the same language as long as you are attaching the true revelation to the slogan. Okay? But when you are under a trailblazer, that is what they do. Just know you heard it here first. Apocalyptic, you heard it here first. And we will hear it, and we should hear it, because when the work of an apostle is truly done, it will become pervasive in the body of Christ. That's why we say share this message, because we want all of us saying the same thing. And what is that same thing? What God is saying. That's what we want everybody to say. Tune in. Yeah, uh, you know, it'd be great if people gave credit, but you know what? Sometimes we just have too high hopes. Just give her credit. Amen. All right, Sade, right? But you know what? Honestly, once something becomes pervasive, people aren't sure where it came from. And it's like, oh, which is why she started saying, I rolled out gift versus office in the 80s and 90s, in the 90s probably, early 90s. This is where it started because there are so many things that we catch later. We had no idea its origin. But in the origin, I want to say, and I want to say this to everybody near and far. If you are referring to something that our chief apostle has rolled out, give the woman credit. Give this apostle credit. And if people give you credit, then give credit for where you got it from. And thank you. Yes. It's, oh, uh, this, huh, right. I didn't, I didn't invent this. I didn't roll out. The Lord cannot share this with me. Now, see, where the integrity piece, can I, can I just lean in on my hot spot right here? The integrity piece comes in when what you hear articulated confirms what the Lord may have been showing you, but you did not know how to put it into work. So you still can't take ownership when you hear, let's just say, her say heart reset, and you're going to say, God's just saying that to me too. Good. Like that? And if you didn't want to the finish line first, I was done and so now we're going to hear apocalyptic, 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 and some things are going to get insane and crazy. That's what humanity does on any idea. Any good idea can always go left. And so I'm saying that. They're like, no, honor. that's right. So we have to give honor. Let me tell you what. I put people up last in a minute. When I see somebody out there saying something that I know, I know they got here, I post in the comments, yeah, Dr. Paul Brace was just saying that on Thursday. I was like, you saw the show too. Yes, I will. In the New York Minute, and most people won't blank out my comments because they're afraid to do it. And so I encourage you all. When I said it, even amongst people in here, New York Apostles of Restitution, I'm like, yes, she sure did say that. Amen. That's our chief together, isn't she? Because it's easy to think that because people know you by association, that they know that's where you got that from. That's deep about the, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. that that's, that's not my death. <laughs> exactly, that's not my death. That's her death. And bless God, I'm swimming in that pool with my floaties on, trying to keep my head above water. Okay, like, <laughs> and so this apocalyptic thing, let me tell you what, if when you start sharing this, and, and first of all, when you get the understanding to even break it down, Hallelujah, which could take a minute. Let me turn this fan on. I already know Dr. Price is going to be hot today. I'm just going to put this fan right by her. <laughs> when you get that revelation or when it bears witness and when you share, 
You need to share, and if you're going to take credit, or like I said, if people start to give you credit, you need to pass that integrity test. I'm just not that deep. I'm not that intelligent. I'm not that articulate, articulate, uh, articulate in this revelation. So let's make sure we do that, people of God, because I am on patrol. Don't think I'm not. Okay, so here we go. So we are in uh, Sunday. Dr. Price preached on apocalyptic actionizers. And speaking of Sunday, hold on, let me wrap the June thought. June, TPTI, June 17th through the 20th, 21st, if you want to stay over for church. 21st, prophets, the Prophets Collins. You can call them the Prophets Collinses. They are tag teaming once again. You know it's deep when Dr. Price turns over the pulpit in her congregation. It happens once a year to people not in the house, all right? And so they, they're back. So, you know, they passed the test last year. And, and so she's been breaking it down, apocalyptic actionizers. This Sunday, this Sunday, we will be back in our house, our church house. Glory. We will be back. Yes. It's a, oh, yeah, all the, all the gadgets are over there. So if you have your own slap cloth, slap your cloth, okay? If you have your own bell, ring your own bell. Okay, then oh, the, the judge, the gavel has come down, and I saw a headline today that said uh, President Trump, I think, I read it correctly, I blew past it, just understand, I blew past it quickly, is uh, revisiting the essential services to make the church classified as essential. Thank you, essential services. But I'm going to go back to what Dr. Price said even before, the fact that that could happen says a lot about where God is with his church. And so even though these things have been lifted, it's going to be very easy to try and go back to business as usual. We have a lot to fix in the house. A lot to fix in the house. Because, hey, we have a leader now who's fighting for us. But when we don't, which may not be for another 25, 30, 40 years, whatever, we still have to be in a position to be relevant outside of our four walls, and essential in community. There was a time churches were essential. It was obvious that church was essential in the community with law enforcement, with school, with education, with all of those things. And so we are essential. We're essential to us, but we must make sure. So we have a leader who's like, hold on here. Now, wait a minute. There's a lot of cleanup that's going to happen as a result of this. But we will be in the house congregation of the mighty and see now everybody online who's not in Tulsa is hooked to watching the whole service so we're going to probably have to go live at the beginning now because we had a lot of worship online hearing the prophetic word I already know I'm going to get lit up what's this going online starting with the announcements again right so you know what I'm already on it Already on. We will not leave the orphan. Those of you who are not in Tulsa, so if you are in Tulsa, get to church. Quit playing. Get to church. Get to church. Get to church on Sunday, first Sunday, communion Sunday. Come ready to commune. We will be communing with our God and together in the same room. Yesterday, again, last night's broadcast was this is not the end times, people. We are not at the end times. And there was a whole amen choir happening when you were saying that. Yes, yes, apocalyptic intervention. Whew. Yes. Are you ready? Well, I am ready. 
And I'm thankful to the Holy Ghost for what he is doing. I'm not home. Did you turn this over and shout? You may have done your part, and I didn't do No, no, I think you're on because we didn't turn you down here. Oh, y'all turned me down? Because mm-hmm. it, was, it was on, on it, so she turned it on. Okay. Holly! Hold on, let me get the seat back, though. It doesn't feel like I'm on, does it? I feel long. All right, well, I'm on camera. Yes, how about this? this? All right, I'll do it. I get to work for her. Okay, because if it works for her, it ought to work for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, about whichever way it goes, I'm grateful. I know that we're all grateful for what God has done. We've been praying, we've been pushing, but I want to tell you, this is not a firearm shot. One of the things that God said to me is that I told you all to tear down all these principalities down. We need to find out what they are. This week, we get another briefing. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I've been working on it and wrestling with this computer that I just bought. I told Norma, I want another computer. This one here has never behaved. I don't know whether it was COVID or what, but <laughs> this computer. And I don't think, does anybody else know this? that every time you turn on your computer now, they've done something else. You can't find the buttons. You can't find what you've learned. And they've had fun while you are sitting here struggling to get your project done. See, that's a problem. That's a principality that needs to come back. When you seek being a service and you become a nuisance, it's time for things to change. And we have gotten to a point where technology has become a nuisance. Somebody needs to say it. It's a nuisance. You don't know where the buttons were. You don't Microsoft 365 was a wonderful product. Did help you once. Every, every other day, they're doing something else. You can't find what you did last month. You can't find your files. They're landing. We don't know where they're landing. They're scattering your stuff. That's a nuisance because our jobs are important, too. We need to get our work done, too. And so we need to continue to pray. These principalities must come down. They must be divided, yes. scattered. And that's what apocalyptic prayer does. We are going to get another package. I'm going deeper into apocalyptic prayer starting next week. I'm going to be praying with you, praying for you, praying beside yes. you, um, we're go- because we're not stopping. One thing the church is good at is just remaining or maintaining, rather, intensity until the obvious threats have passed. But we have to go to the root. We have a, 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 a apocalyptic prayer, prophetic prayer has to go to the root. We've got to lay the act to the root of this thing. Because if not, the fruit is going to rebud. Are you wanting me to, to switch? All right. All right. I'm flowing. So we cannot stop. We thank God for what he's done. I appreciate what she said. The fact that the, the, that the world doesn't see the church of Jesus Christ as essential means we are way off our, our relevance. Point. We're way off. I'm back. I'm there. Hallelujah. So we're way off. We are off, but we're going to fix that. You know, the, the most powerful institutions in the world are the ones that can recognize their shortfalls, recognize and admit their, their flaws, admit their misjudgments, missteps, errors, and fix them themselves internally. It is time for us to fix this internally because that 
in the church. We couldn't pray for our sick. We couldn't lay hands on them. We couldn't visit them in the hospital. They died without us. That's a problem. That is a major problem, but it is also a major statement. So says the Holy Ghost. So we have to change a few things. I think that we're in a frame of mind to change it. Yes, good things have come out of it, but let's not celebrate the candy just because the wrapper was difficult. Okay? So we want to celebrate. The wrapper was difficult, but we're like, well, at least we got in. No, no, no. Good things came out of it, but good things come out of everything. We can find some good in everything, but that doesn't mean the thing was good. That means the power of godliness, the power of righteousness, the power of holiness outweighed the aims of destruction or the effect of destruction. So we're going to have the, this week you get another briefing, and you're going to get a, the briefing on, I know you can't see it, but it's, it's going to be in the briefing, your global apocalyptic prayer affirmers. See? I know. See that big title there? So Rachel can zoom in if she comes something. No, she said we can't zoom in. All right. You know, I have a, you know, I just got some fuzzy about technology and talk about I need to help pray for me. Colleen should pray for me. But but we're going to have some amazing times. When, what we're, we're, we're not giving up the prayer project. The prayer project is amazing. And you should, you would appreciate knowing all that it entails. So this prayer project is not going away because, well, all we did was, was handle the surface. All of this stuff, one thing of being uh, locked out or lockdown did was it surfaced all of the stuff that was under the covers, the underbelly of our country, underbelly of this generation. We, we, we had a chance to see how vile things had gotten. And that violence is not going away just because we can walk the street That's right. and shop and eat. So this is not going away. When I say this, first of all, we need to be real honest. The CDC needs an overhaul. If they can take down a nation like that, they have too much power. That is way too much power that you can take down a whole nation, 350-plus million people, and put 30 million of them out of work, and then tell us our food supply is not good, and you haven't made your case. That is a problem. And my prayer, we're going to pray that God overhauls the CDC and switches out his headship because his headship needs to go. We have to pray. So you know what to pray for because this is apocalyptic prayer. We are the apocalyptic children of God. We are heaven sovereign on earth in the flesh. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's powerful stuff. We are heaven sovereign on earth in the flesh. And so we need to begin to know that is too much power. One man could say we can't leave our homes. One man with some sketchy statistics unverified facts, and when he was proven wrong, he still wouldn't back that. Right. He instead went and invented more things to keep us in our homes. We, we, have our, we had our, our elected officials turning on us because of this. No, the CDC needs an overhaul. I'm summoning the principalities and powers over it to do that. This man needs to be replaced because it would have been much nicer if he just said, you know, 
so-called knowledge. Paul tired Timothy about that. He said, no, no, don't get caught up in vain babblings and that which is supposed to be science. We took science from intelligence and we put it into the mind. It used to be intelligence. Now it's the mind. You got computer programs that's named after devil. And you wonder why the devil thinks he owns the world. Because we we let it happen. You got you realize that the prince of darkness was those same video games that are now being acted dramatized in real life. Entertainment has become life. It's become crime. We we have to pull these princes down. Now you realize this. When I say that I'm saying you have to go and when you start praying, and I do pray. When you start praying, you separate those devils from their human hosts. Because we, the Bible says it, Jesus said it, the fact that we exist means it's right. He said, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. All means all. That means we have discretionary power. We have no limits. No hindrance. We can go after any other, any prince we want. We can go after any because we have power. Wherever he's exercising our power and our authority, we are duty-bound to the almighty God who saved us by slaughtering his son and sending him to hell so that we can rise from the dead, so that we can come out of the camp of the dead and enter the living. We can stop being Satan's agents and emissaries, and we can start being offspring of the Godhead. See, this is why we need apocalyptic teachings. This is why. Because we need more than you being good saints in the pure. God bless you. Be a good saint in the pure. Yeah, I said, play your side, sing some songs, come on into week, midweek prayer. Do all of that. But when the, when the church comes under attack, the kingdom must act. And that's what we have, we, we neglected to do. So we got here. And what happened was they kept encroaching. They had their inside men. They sent in their own theologians. They sent in their own intercessors, their own prayer warriors. They sent in their witches, their psychics, and they, they literally infiltrated the church, invaded and infiltrated our population. That's why you ended up with all this mixed doctrine, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, and the, and the teachings of false prophets. All of that scripture, while they're telling you the Bible's outdated. I'm like, but your own practice is in the Bible. So that doesn't mean you're outdated. Because uh-huh. we got psychics in the Bible. We've got witches in the Bible. We've got false prophets in the Bible. We've got lying signs and wonders in the Bible. We've got Simon the Sorcerer in the Bible. We've got Janice and Jambri in the Bible. we got the seven sons of Sheba in the Bible. So how outdated are we, children of God? Mm-hmm. I think the our problem is that we're not current. Mm-hmm. Because if we are from eternity, then they need to catch up with us. Mm-hmm. And yet we are falling back with them. We're retrogressing, retrograding. So we need to change that. So you all go to these devil meetings, these prophets, they went to these little shaman sessions, the astrology. They got astrology in scripture. Mazarot in the scripture. So while you're walking around being told that the Bible that saved your soul is outdated, you're being 
literally converted to darkness because you don't see the power of God working in us. So we do have that form of godliness where we deny the power. We deny the power, but Satan doesn't deny God's power. He never denied God's power. Even when you read his issues with heaven, he does not deny God's power because he knows he has none. The reason he's stalking Christians and he's stalking believers is because he has no power. We carry the Holy Ghost. That's why he wants to be in us. I don't know about you. I thought that was good. I'll hit my own bell. There you go. See, you have to understand the big picture. We are, we are wrapped up in a little bit. Well, you know, am I going to pay my rent? Yeah, you need to pay your rent. But when you become apocalyptic, your rent is never under attack. Because the same way they paid their bills by siphoning off you, you can recoup what is God and what is Christ and it belongs to you. Right? Because Paul says, all things are yours and you are Christ. Then he flips it. All things are Christ and that makes them yours. See, all of this is ours. I told you before, creation is two things we never consider. The first thing creation is, is a being. It's not a thing. It's a being. It's the, the creator extending himself and, a, and literally forming, reforming, constructing, and, and building himself in various physical or tangible ways. But creation is a being. You can talk about the wind all day long. God said, I send, I send devils. Let me tell you something. We were fighting with a tornado the other night. I was like, not here, not today, because I'm apocalyptic. And I say when we get destroyed. You don't say it. We are the offspring of the Godhead. We're the elect before the foundation of the world. We say what's going to happen. When the, when the elect of God get together and say, sex slavery, you will stop every principality. I draw you out of these people. I shall remand you to their business. I downgrade them to the mortals they are, and I thank you, God, that you arrest them by the Holy Ghost. I give power to every law enforcement agency. I give power to every officer. I give power to every judge, everyone who's passing out these warrants. I give power to them to find you and arrest you by the Holy Ghost. When you start saying it, I don't need me. I'm doing this for you publicly. They'll tell you, I do this by myself in my kitchen, chopping onions. Because when I am who I am, you know, God said that I am that I am. But I'm with God. I am what I am because I'm what he made me. See, these things, if you don't deal with them in the spirit, you can't touch them in the natural because they're working a spiritual power. See, those devils are hiding them. They're, those devils are guarding them. They're just, that's the covenant they have. We have all of this rap singing nasty songs, singing devilish songs, and yet they went from rapping to acting. Because we thought, well, we don't want to be seen as religious. I'm not religious. I'm a redeemed sovereign. I'm the substitute sovereign in the planet. That's not a religion. That's a position. When we talk about stature, status, station, standing, you have to stop just being Christian. I told you before, God said, I never named you Christian. I always called you the elect. I didn't name you Christians. Translation downgraded the elect to Christians. 
We are the elect of God. We have been, we, we were with God before there was an earth. We are older than the earth. We are older than this universe. We are older than creation because we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. In him. I'm going to keep saying, because see, when I read that one day, I got to tell you something. Actually, I was reading my Bible. You know, I like to read my Bible. I was reading my Bible. And as I read my Bible, it says before. And so the Holy Ghost said, I need you to look up how many times I said before and how many times I said since. So I had to learn. He said, because I'm going to teach you verse in me. He said, if you're interested in learning, I'm interested in teaching. Half of us, you didn't want to go to Bible study. Now, maybe your Bible teacher didn't have that kind of information. My folks show up. My folks are like, wait a minute, what else did God teach And so he said, we were in him. And then we had all of those in him, in him, in him, in him, in him. Look them up in the, and look at all of them, each one of them, in the New Testament. What? In him. In Christ. There is neither male nor female. So when a man is telling you you're out of order, he's not in Christ. He's in Christianity. Okay. Oh. Okay. So when they tell me that, I said, back down, buddy, because that's not true. You know, they like to call you sister, and you, you got to call them bishop. So when they call me sister, I call them brother. See, because we, we downgraded. Sister, I'm calling you brother. See? See how it works out? If we drop in titles, we drop in titles. We're going to drop everybody's title, or we're going to pick them up. Mm-hmm. You say, I don't, I, why? Identity. Now, you have our saints that say, well, you know, that, I mean, like, that's contentious. And so him calling me, downgrading me is not contentious. You see, we're programmed to have Satan's narrative, to have his protocols, to work his institution in our Christianity, in our salvation, in our redemption. No, we citizens of the Most High God. The Bible said Abraham sought for a city whose builder and maker was not by hand. So we're borrowing a clay, but that is all we're doing. We're borrowing the clay. Everything else belongs to Christ. It's in him. And even our clay. When they went through this whole COVID thing, I told you, I wasn't playing with that. No, 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 you're not, no. I, that thing, and I, that's why I knew it was the Spirit. It stood in my house. I'm like, oh, no. And I, no, no, you're going to get out of here. Now, whoever sent you, I'm telling you, you're not going back home to report I didn't take it. I demand you to be here. You're not doing that. I'm not receiving that. I'm above you. I'm, I'm full of the, you know, we saw, I'm filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, if you're not putting it on the Godhead, you're not putting it on me. Because I'm filled with the Godhead bodily. Identity, the key to your destiny. But your identity literally is the anchor of your potency. Mm. You have no right to stand against the devil if you don't belong to Christ. Unless y'all got a covenant. You know, a lot of people got covenants with devil. But I am not. I wouldn't take it. I'm telling you. And it was a little bit of a battle because the devil doesn't believe that you know who you are. And as long as he doesn't believe, you believe. Right. He's going to press on in. I'm not, and you can, and I talk, and don't touch my people. No, not one, no. Not one. Don't touch them. We had a couple with job things. I said, oh, no, uh-uh, Soku is never out of work. So Soku going to have a job. 
The pedigree is going to have a job because we're the offspring of the Godhead. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So you yourself, you're quoting Satan's narrative and wondering why you're getting his results. If you're not his offspring, he has you quoting his narrative for his kids, not you. I've been telling people, but people are dying. People die every single day. People were dying while you all were COVID. And did anybody care? No. They did not care because COVID was a point, and it's still a hope. And it's a hope that we are going to see come to a head because God told me I'm popping open everything, all of us. It's a major hope. And the hope was to take down our country. But thank God we have a president who has been in battle before. The man is a known winner. That's why they have problems with him. The man is a, it's a matter of record that I love to win. I mean, you know, it was really funny. I said, well, most people would say, you know, this guy loves a good fight. This probably needs to, no. And so, but here's the tragedy of it. Here's the tragedy. The tragedy is that they, the Democrats or House or whoever they are, I don't know, I'm going to say his adversaries. I can say that. His adversaries are acting like this is a fraternity brotherhood of secret society, and we're going to move him. And they're using our money. The Democrats should pay us back. They failed. They should pay us. You used American money to go after our president. You didn't use yours. You used our funds to go after our president. Legal fees through the roof, and you need to pay us back and pay him back because other court systems and trials, that's what happens. See, they have to pay us back. They'll back down off of all of this because we are going to build this. Y'all need to pay us back. You bring a false case against a government official, against our sitting president, then you need to pay us back when you don't make your case. And you didn't make your case. You didn't make your case the day after he was elected. You didn't make your case when you came against the, the uh, what is it, the college, whatever that is. The electoral college, you didn't make your case then. You didn't make your case with all these other little things. You never made a case, and you keep bringing cases, and we keep paying. Why do we have to keep paying for your vendetta? This is your vendetta. This is your problem with him. You did all of this because of every one of the things you hit, he had already won. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, never met the president, but I'm here to tell you right is right. And it's about time for the righteous one to start decreeing right is right. So you decide he was doing well with unemployment. You all, you all, shut up, get, put 30 million people on our road, you should pay. I'm telling you, I'm asking God. That's my prayer. So y'all want to know what I'm praying? I'm praying, God, they need to pay. It is wrong. You took and you came, your vendetta against this man literally sacrificed us. You sacrificed us on the altar of your vendetta. You did that. And I'm going to keep praying. And I'm just saying, this is apocalyptic prayer because we deal with kingdom now. This is apocalyptic prayer. All of those cases you brought up in him, all of those charges, all of that false intelligence, all of that stuff, and um, we paid. It came out of our treasury. So we get you to pay back. We could probably recover from the COVID, the COVID economy if we made you all pay because you should have paid. You should have paid. You didn't make and you keep doing it. And because we don't make you pay, you don't stop. 
and maybe we need our officials who are on our side to say, let's go write some things. You know, I like that the DOJ thing we read yesterday. We need to say that if you if you're going to use our money for frivolous cases, you ought to pay us back because they all prove to be frivolous. That's what everyday citizen has to. Why can't a party? Why can't a political group? Because we bring a privilege. We don't make it. They say you got to pay damages and court fees and legal fees. Now, is that what they say? Y'all, y'all out there listening. Y'all, come on, kid, in. Tell me if that's what I'm saying. So our treasury pays for this vendetta against this president and still pays. Now, they may have raised some money from their overseas folks who think that they can do it, but they use our system. They use our buildings. They use our networks. They use our staff. Those are public officials. <laughs> See, we have to start going after this. If they're going to bring another charge against this man, they need to clear it with whatever oversight body we can come up with and let us find out if there's indeed, because we obviously there wasn't, and whoever they cleared with did not have a fact. Or maybe they didn't clear it, I don't know. But I do think that they ought to pay for that impeachment, they ought to pay for that electoral thing. they ought to pay for all of that stuff that they used our resources and our treasury for, our funds. And then we didn't hire tax bill for your vendetta. And now here's the latest vendetta. You got us out of work, and you're trying to crash our economy. But I'm going to say this to you all, you know, so I'm getting better. I don't claim to be a political person. My people will tell you that is not my cup of tea. But there has to come a time where the righteous dig in their heels and truth slams down its anchor and says, enough is enough. Let's stop the crazy. These people who brought those charges, they ought to have to pay. Now, if they don't think that their party should pay, then each one of them should receive a bill. We should give them an invoice. This is your proportion of what you did to our office. See, this is not even about this man. It's not about Donald Trump, our president. This is about the office of the president. They slaughtered it. They slandered it. They manicured it. And then they turned around and exploited it. This, there needs to be something that says, if you don't prove it, then you need to pay. And maybe we'll slow down. Because they're in the back room whipping up the next thing they do against the guy that we got to pay for. And the next thing they do to the guy and we got to pay for. And we keep paying for their sophomore fraternity, high school, college, then that way. Why are we paying? And then they want to have a compliance review about how we handled COVID. Who's paying for that? While we try to get 30 million people back to work. Thank you. Who's paying for that? And why do we have to keep paying for their issues with Donald Trump? The man... He was, he, I mean, but see, I trust, I trust this man because I trust the Jesus man he's representing. And so, if we had unemployment lowest, people had jobs, this thing here, oh no, this is not going away in the night. This is the Holy Ghost. The Jesus talk is not 
this thing is not drifting off into the sunset. Saying, whoo, that's fast. No, no. This thing goes deep. And I promise you, because God told me, I'm not done with America. I promise you by the Holy Ghost, you can bank on this. The Lord is going to pull the covers off. The first thing he's got, because he's got to take the bull off of the human eye. Right. Because we got so caught up in the rhetoric. That's one thing about a thinking person. Thinking people don't get caught up in sentiment and ignore rhetoric. And they don't get caught up in rhetoric and ignore sentiment. See, that's the, that's the logo. That's the back. Well, you know, people are losing their jobs, and some are not. The, listen, the technology companies, look at my computer, look at your computer. Everything's turned around. There's an upgrade. All of those people are working. You didn't ask them how many of their people got laid off. You didn't ask them how many people got laid off at, 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 at the Amazon places. Certainly not as many as got laid off in your company, your job, and those companies are still making money. A lot. They're making money. Retailers, Walmart, all these big companies, they're still they made money hands over fist, and most of that money they got from you for panic. That is panic profit. Because you went out and you lined their pockets with all of that desperation, all of that fear. Why am I doing it? Because apocalyptic people ought to know. We ought to know that when this comes around again, we've got something to think about. We need thought leaders. We don't have thought leaders yet, but we will get some thought leaders and deliberators and assessors. We're going to have that. The church is not going to walk around being sucked up into this. Unlike those churches who decided, no, you're not going to tell us we're not going to gather. I, I, I applaud them. It wasn't enough. So the, the, the technology company made a fortune and, and still making it. Because, see, they worked your phones and they worked your devices. That's why that print got to come down. So that the next time, by using their equipment, all of those subtleties and subliminals will have dropped your will, softened your stance on what they're doing. So we need to move those principalities. See, I just didn't even say principalities. Yes. I said principalities. Because if you move their devil, their evil becomes neutralized. You've got to move their devil. You've got to command those principalities to leave their body, leave their sphere of life. And I've been doing it every day from the moment God told me, uh-uh, this is a prince of power, and you've got to come down, because we are the ones of life. We are the sovereigns of life. That's who we are, the sovereigns of life, the offspring of the living God. We are the sovereigns of life, and if we are that, then guess what? We need to do our job. But some of us, this is new. This is new. We're not, you know, this is not new to God. I don't know. I don't think it's new to the planet or the church, but it's new to this generation. And we need to get together. We're, I'm writing these things. I've laid them out. I'm giving you briefings so that we get language, so we get articulation for the articles of our apocalypse. We have to do this. Or we, uh, honey, because in a few years, we're going to be back here again. It's going to be worse. Okay. You've got to take those devils and remand them to the abyss. Satan's work release is over. He's got to go back to his cage. Trust me on this word. He's got to go back to his cage. And when he goes back to his cage, 
the only thing we have to deal with is what he sowed in his children, his minions, his tangents. We have to look at this. See, that's what apostles are supposed to do because apostleship is about gods and nations. And you've been hearing apostles actually teach you about gods and nations. This is about gods and nations. This is not about earth. Are you kidding? We clay. We can't keep ourselves alive. We can't, I mean, we can't even ransom our own souls, let alone the souls of our loved ones, from the devil. So this is about something bigger, and we need to stop being little. We are the offspring of the Godhead. We are the elect seed of God Almighty, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Ghost, that God is using in this level. I asked God, I said, well, God, you know, if you could fix it, why didn't you fix it? He said, why should I? I said, well, God, you know how you, you know, those moments that God, that you, after your jaw drops, you pick it up off the floor, put it back in place. I said, well, God, because you're God. He said, and so are you, that I'm not saying you have God. So if you want to let this happen in your world, go at it. Hmm. He said, we'll just collect those that are ours and hold them to that text. I said, but God, we don't know what to do. He said, if you want to know, you'd ask me. He said, instead, you bemoaned it. Instead, some of you affirmed it. The rest of you went on and called it the apocalypse. None of that was true. This is not the apocalypse. I'm telling you it's not the apocalypse. And when you listen to my future broadcast, I'm going to tell you that it is not apocalyptic. This is humanist. Humans did this as part of a, part of a plot and ploy to get you to buy into a false apocalypse. This is not apocalyptic. First of all, it's not pervasive enough. Secondly, we got way too many Christians saying, uh-uh, no, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, not so. We have way too many Christians. So see, when the mark of the beast comes, that population doesn't even know God. He's not even in the earth. They call him the God of heaven. That's all they say. They don't say Jesus. They say the God of heaven. Read your book. See, there are, while you're looking at all of these events, that Satan is supposed to do what he does. His job is to deceive the nations, and he's doing a really effective job of it. But God says that he's known for lying signs and wonders. This is a lying sign. Yes. And I'm not wondering about it. <laughs> You have got to be good enough in this hour as God's offspring to know when a sign is a lie. This is a lying sign and wonder because it doesn't measure up with all the criteria. We've got false interpreters who've been calling this death for decades. Well, you know, and he's going to use technology. Not this technology. Uh-uh. This is not the one. I'm telling you, this is not it. Well, you know, they could do it. They could set it up that way, but they got too many Christians who are going to do it the other way. You understand that currency is whatever people want to pay and whatever value they put on what they pay for. So if they decide that they don't want us to buy and sell, then we'll find another way because humans are ingenious. We don't need to do cyber money. They need our cyber money. We don't need that. We just need products. I don't know if anybody got that one. Mm-hmm. We just need the product. I mean, we, we, we go around the system every day. 
We already have. But see, that, that generation that buys into it is going to be born into it. This, it's not going to be put upon them. They're born into it. See, I'm not dealing with all of the stuff that they said. Yeah, well, you know, when this and when that. Are you kidding? God knows a lot of things that he's ready for it to go. He will inseminate. Come on, let's, get, let's be real. Babylon, he watched Babylon get built. The Tower of Babel get built all the way up to the last little piece of the information he needed, the last little piece of rock, stone, whatever. And he did. And then he said, let's go down and see how they're doing. Oh, whew, they're almost there. Well, I guess I better come this. Wow. But you have to know your God. You can only be strong when you know your God and not the people who hate your God. You are, most of the church has bought into the people who hate Jesus Christ. Y'all love devils more than you love Christ. You know why? I don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. I don't believe that he's the God. I don't believe the Bible is the truth. I don't believe anything the church said, but you believe all Satan said. You spent all that money on Avengers movies. You spent all that money on DC comics and all of that stuff. You believe them, and you're trying to do that, and you want God to save your kids, save your house, take care of your business. You have got to be kidding. You must be deluded. Because God said he takes care of his elect. Not the Christian. The Christian is a great big warehouse called religion, which is one arm of the religious structures of the planet that keeps spirituality going and, and circulating and alive. Where's the elect? I don't know if they hear me. Yes. <laughs> We're the elect. Amen. We are the we are the elect of God and we were elected before the foundation of the world. So we cannot be put out of office. We cannot be put out of our seat. We cannot be put out of our inheritance. We were born with the inheritance in us. We were born again. When the Holy Spirit came to the planet, he brought all of our inheritance, which is the perfected versions of the world that Satan has destroyed. We have the power to overturn. We, are, we have veto power. We have denial power. We have overturned power. Now, we need to know how to use it because we need to do it in righteousness. Because if you do it in righteousness, well, dot, dot, dot. We have the power. We are born with it. They have to go and get it. Do you realize the difference between us and them? Oh, my God, this thing is so good. I'm just, just loving on Jesus. You know, I love this man. And I tell him, come on, God, do God. We don't do less than Jesus. He said greater work, and we thought, well, that means it's going to be more church, more less. You're right. That's the first part of it. But the second part of it is that we are not doing as Jesus with the sperm of the Father and the egg of a mirror. We're doing it with the glorified Christ. We're doing it from the ox type. That's the greater work. Because, see, what Jesus did while he was on earth was for Adam and for us to literally mitigate the fall. But when he went to heaven, it became, he picked it up and sent it to us as an inheritance. It's our heritage. Our heritage is the lineage of the Godhead. Our ancestors, Godhead is our ancestors. Our genealogical tree. I don't know. I don't know if you hear me. I'm telling you, because you need to get this. I have this. And, I'll, and don't think that he's not going to come back on you because he's going to come back because, let me tell you something, devils ain't trying to be homeless. Mm-hmm. They, are not, they don't want to be homeless and they don't want to be powerless. That is what the serpent was. The serpent was powerless until he got in Adam. Mm-hmm. 
Anybody hearing this? We are the apocalypse of God's offspring. We are it. We, if everything that God's going to do for the earth is in us. And that's why he said, whoever sins you retain, retain. Whoever sins you remit, remit. God is like, we, we, we did it in heaven. We worked it out. God will be done in earth as it, as it is in heaven. We got, Heaven worked it out. Heaven is done. God said he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's raining out righteousness to see who wants to catch it. But the bottom line is, it's on us. This is, he gave it to us. God would not have left this planet in the hands of his church, the hands of his elect seed, if we were not higher than the prophets. If we were not higher than his troublers. So he can stand all day long. And Satan can stand right now in front of you and say, I cast out the Holy Ghost. I command the Holy Ghost to leave you. I bind the Holy Ghost in you. And you know what? Nothing will happen. <laughs> kind of like Mount Carmel. Nothing will happen. Because the Holy Spirit does not obey darkness. does not obey devils. The Holy Spirit is God. They slay them. Now, he slays them. But he doesn't obey them. Now, but you can stand and say, I command you in the name of Jesus to cease and desist, to stand down. I cast this devil out of you into the abyss, and you know what? They got to go. And you know who makes them go? Just so you want to go. Because sometimes, you know, you think, well, I'm not seeing it. But until the eyes of your understanding are open. <laughs> I love doing this for this man. When he, but I got an opportunity after all of these years to, to visit him, to sit with him. To have him train me and teach me and show me. Like Paul, Paul was like, I didn't get this from man. So let me tell you how it works. You say it. Jesus gave it to us, and, and, and uh, I want to say that John 11 or Luke 11, when he said, It's the Father in me that does the work. He said, I seek the work, and the Father does the work. So you're like, Well, how do you know how the Father does the work? I mean, how do you. No, if it's working, I mean, how, you know. And so here's how you know. First of all, the Holy Ghost will move it immediately. If it gets stubborn, then God has angels. Like we got police officers, he has angel officers. He got angel cops, or what I call cop angels. They cop, y'all see And they just drag the devil off. I've seen them shackle those devils. I've seen them manacle. They know. Trust me, they know. They know. And so when the Holy Ghost says, okay, this is it, the Holy Ghost pushes them out of that vessel or draws them out. And when he does, those cop angels, and they're endless. He's got so many of them. I know some of you all are like, yeah, well, you know, but you know what? Yeah, well, okay, do what you want to do. Play with hell. I don't care. I know this works. You know, if it works for you to disbelieve, then work that. If it works for you to doubt, doubt on, my friend, doubt on. But you understand that doubt is not what you create. Doubt is the devil's knowledge. Because that's how they get up. They doubt the truth. They throw doubt on our truth. They throw skepticism and cynicism and all of that. Honor. And sometimes you can understand because, you know, somebody stepped out, you know, some people stepped out the boat and, and they sunk. Because Jesus wasn't in the storm. 
But I have lived this for all these years, and I have been been charged by God. Anybody hear me? I've been charged by the Lord to share this truth to whosoever will. See, we're still in whosoever will. As long as we're in the flesh, you get options. But I'm telling you, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And that the greatest one in me has already spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. You can't even, I said, God, if we could ever depict that in trouble. Okay, Jesus. First of all, Holy Ghost comes to hell and gets Jesus. And Jesus, he enters Jesus' doom body, or doom soul, because it is his soul, and then Jesus goes and spreads it to all of the other people who died in faith, knowing that the Messiah is coming and knowing that the Messiah is going to come. Because you understand that this is from Abraham. Abraham was never under the law. Abraham had one law, circumcision. And faith. He had two, actually, if you call that. Or faith would cause him to obey. That's all he had to do. He didn't have to worry about protocol, listen this, listen that. But he learned God to the point that Genesis 18 says that God stopped by Abraham's tent on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah to tell Abraham what he's about to do and why and his reason for being chosen. He proves himself the elect because Abraham, God says to Abraham, he said, because you'll teach your sons about me. You'll teach your descendants. Your descendants will know me because of you. And so Abraham says to the Lord, but since you stopped on by, why, don't I have, why, why not let me fix your dinner? The Lord could have said, yeah, you know, I um, I really don't eat food. I don't eat your food. Or he could have been like all vegan Christians. I don't eat meat. Ah! Oh, Lord, no. But instead, he said, do what you say. So Abraham fixes dinner for the Lord. And they sit and feast while they chat. We only have a few sentences. But you can understand that a lot of information transpired or was transferred from the Almighty to Abraham which is why Abraham could be so potent and so strong and how he knew. We know one of the things that God passed on to Abraham, according to Galatians 3.8, is the gospel, that we are now living. It takes faith to know that no matter what, God's word is outside our time zones, outside of our cycles. That takes an enormous amount of faith to believe God when everybody else is saying not so. God knows I've been in it a long time. They say, but I'm stuck. That cannot be God. I don't care. I'm doing this. This is what God said. I'm doing it. And then when God doesn't want me to do it, then I won't do it any longer. So I, all of these things that you've seen, I'm doing it. And I'm doing it because I believe God. You know, Paul said, I believe God. And that, come on. Scripture has all of us ultimately saying this phrase. I believe that there will be a performance of the things that told me of the Lord, or by the Lord. Mary, I believe that there's going to be performance. I know. Mary did not have to wonder what happened that said, guess what? You just conceived the Christ. No. Mary had a history. You all think he just picked her randomly? She wasn't randomly picked out at the mall. 
That one seems good. No. When was Mary when the Holy Ghost met her? Off in her place of devotion. She was in the hill country. Mary obviously had a place where she met God every single day. And he built her up for this. Because, you know, we think God just overtook her. He didn't. He talked to her. Mary was groomed and trained. You're going to have the Messiah. This is going to happen. Why? Well, I know. Because he's the Lord. He said, I'm the Lord. I change not. He does not shock me. He prepares me. Now, listen. I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. This is going to happen. I read the Bible. I start looking at the scripture. And I start thinking, this is what I'm talking about. So by the time Mary was pregnantable, that pregnantable? I'll go to that. By the time she was able to get pregnant, (laughs) Mary and God were close. Yahweh and Mary were close. She understood him, and not just in devotion. He backed off of her to listen to what she said about him and how she handled people's statements on him. How did she handle her faith? How did she handle her righteousness? Hey, she wasn't out looking for, the, for a man. She was already betrothed to Joseph. She wasn't trying to figure out when can we get together, when can we get married, when can we do that. Mary was still working with God. She was still working with God. Now, she knew she had, you know, I'm supposed to do this, but, hey, she still, that didn't change her purpose in Christ, and it didn't change her pursuit of him. She still pursued her God. She pursued his will and purpose. He didn't just do that, because people think that, you know, well, well, we're just out there, out, out there, it, it just, just looking at the clouds and just feeling nature, and then here comes the heart. No, that is not how it happens. God does not, listen, he does not bring you into his ultimate destiny until he has trained you on the eventuality of that ultimate. Mm-hmm. So God gives you a ton of tests along the way to see what you'll do and at what point will you drop his purpose and prioritize your own. He will do it. He does it it's throughout Scripture. He will visit. He'll drop seeds. He'll watch you. He said to Israel when he brought them out, he said, now I'm going to step away from y'all for a while to see what y'all going to do. He does it all the time. There are those times that you feel like God has left you. You need to find out what the trial is because you're being tested for something he wants to do. If you know you didn't sin, you know you didn't have uncleanness, you know you've been faithful, and all of a sudden you feel like you are, God has distanced himself, he's observing. That's an observation distance. And he's bearing witness so that when people begin to fuss about what he's going to do with you, he has a matter of record that you've been faithful in all things, that you stood having done all the same, that you didn't sell him out, that you didn't buy Satan's package, you didn't do any of those things. You just trusted God even in those lonely hours because it's, it's in the loneliness where you find out who you are and what you're made of in Christ. Because, see, when you're around everybody and you already succeeded and you're, you know, Enjoying your success, oh my goodness, you don't, you don't think about God. You're like, you're praising Him, you're thanking God, and you take it as affirmation and approval. But it's when God puts you through a test that Satan says you should fail and that you will fail, that's when you find out who you are. Satan decided what Job's test should be because he knew Job's weakness, he knew his, his passion. He knew his desires. He knew his pleasure. And so he decided the trial. And he had to dig deep. He had to dig deep. So you think about it. Your trials are one 
100%. And I say this even to the United States of America and every nation coming out of this. Your trial is 100% tied to your trauma. God tests you in all the ways your triumph could fail before you enter it. So then when you get your triumph, you can be a keeper and a preserver of that which has been entrusted to you by the Lord. You want to know what your destiny is? You want to know what your purpose is? Just look at your, just sit down and do a journal track of your trial. And then click them. And you will know what God is doing in your life. And you'll know why he's doing it. It may have been that what Satan meant for evil, God used for good. I say to our, my country, I love this country. I'm glad that this happened under Trump. But I'm going to tell you something. God said double for your trouble. Double for your trouble. And he said when the thief is found, he must restore sevenfold. Now, the older one in the older version, fourfold. The minimum the thief must restore is four times the theft. Proverbs says seven times the theft. So somewhere between four and seven, the thief must restore. And I'm telling you, we're going to get that restoration. Now, I can't tell you how. I just know what the Lord Jesus told me. So I'm telling you, we're going to get that restoration, and we're going to get reparations. And, uh, and don't even worry, God is already sending the reparations. So I woke up this morning, and I could feel just this, this weight of, of hopelessness. God said, cheer up. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, cheer up. We are not going to be as bad off as people think and as the the enemy chose for us to be. We're going to rebound, and we're going to bounce back. We will be stronger, not because of just me saying it, because God says, I'm not done with America. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where there is liberty, there is prosperity. And I'm telling you, by the Holy Ghost, we're going to be better than we've ever been. And this man is going to go down in history as a hero. You watch this work. It will come to pass. Surely the Lord will bring it to pass. And you know why? Because God's not finished with America. That's all I can say. You know, I could give you a whole lot of deep things, but that's my only answer. That's the only way he gave me. He said, I'm not done. So I don't know what the next two generations of Americans are going to be like, but this must thrive, we must thrive in order for them to enter in and fulfill their destiny. So, hey, bless your little ones. Make sure they get quality education. Make sure they get keep quality friends. Make sure they take care of themselves, spirit, soul, and body, because that generation is going to begin to break the seal on this nation's purpose, function, and destiny in the modern age. That's going to happen. That's not something that we should say. Now, you can decide whether your kid is at the top or the bottom. That's your call. Now, those that are of the elect, they're going to soar because the elect will take over. Trust me, you keep calling these principalities down. You keep commanding them to leave these, these human hopes. You command them. You draw them out, and you remand them to the abyss in Jesus' name. And I promise you, there'll be room for the righteous. You keep saying, wow, well, we need the righteous in power. Not if you don't move the righteous. I made that word up, and since I wrote a dictionary, I can use it. 
function. That's what I'm using today. So if you don't, if you don't remove them from the seat, there is no place for you to sit. Because they removed us to sit in our seats. So you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to run for office and know that you're going to get elected because this is the era of the righteous. This is the era of the godly. This is the era of the true. This is the era of the elect. This is the era of the apocalyptic. You need to know that. And you need to know that heaven has sent a force to the planet to see to it that you win if he ordains you to do this. You've got enough. We're not alone in this world. What did, what did Elisha say? Lord, show them there's more for them, for them against us. Because that guy looked around, God lifted up the veil, they're separating this world from this, and they looked around and let me tell you, you only needed a half a chariot to get an angel. No, they had the whole hillside. We need to ask God to show us what's behind the veil. What's standing there to back up? I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Can I say it again? I'm excited. So we are the apocalyptic elect seed of Almighty God. You're going to save this. You're going to write it. You're going to get some banners. You'll get some flags. You'll get some T-shirts, whatever it is. But you're going to make sure that you migrate from the evangelical that prepared you for this death to the apocalyptic to prepare for God's future. You want to prepare for it? That's what these teachings are so that you can participate in it. Because God's future is apocalyptic. Trust me on this word. It's apocalyptic. That's why he has allowed this to get our attention. So we stop being church as usual, business as usual. You realize how many prophecies we have where people say, church is not going to be as the way it was. We're not going to have church as usual. We're going to have the church without the wall. First of all, you need the wall because we're going to put your wire. So that sounds nice, but no. So you understand that this day has been coming, and it's been coming. The former things are no more. Behold, I do a new thing. The former things are You shall not remember the former things. Hey, I make all things new. We've had enough words to let us know that it was coming. So why are we stunned that I say we're going apocalyptic? If he's bringing out apostles and prophets, that guarantees apocalyptic. That's just how it works. And so we're going to see the apostle and prophet more like 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29 than like Ephesians 4, 11. We talked about that. I don't remember. Maybe my staff will find the message that I talked about that on. But you need to know that your job is to decide that you're going to be in or out. This is not left behind. This is just moving on. You know, when Jesus got ready to leave and, and from time to time, because we, you know, we think he only called the 12. No, he called other people. We think he only called the 12 and the 70. But he had a whole lot of people that he said, hey, want to join? Want to come? Want to be in my future? Do you want to be part of what I'm doing? No, Lord, I got some. I just, man, I just want to visit. God, I don't Man, I can't help you. I got my own. You know, my parents just died, and I just can't. Uh-huh. I just, you know, all y'all said parents that get under COVID, they had to go home without you. See, God proved our persuasion. 
So there's another one where, you know, I've got to plant this vineyard and all of that. In other words, I have a whole lot of worldly things to do. I can imagine the Lord, but the Bible just says the Lord moved on. Because that's God. God's like, I'm not going to argue with you. This is great. And I already know that what you can ready to do is get ready to be blown up. <laughs> so I'm just going to let you go on and find out that you should have invested in what I was doing and not in what you were doing. I don't know. Is this a good thing or not? It's a good thing. So come on, t- you know. Uh, I don't know. Can you find a chick? Can you sit? Come on up here. Pastor <laughs> Lashley, she always gets broader. You know, I just love that about you. If, if, if anybody's going to get all the space, it's going to be her. The, the tiniest one. Sometimes I get the tiniest space. Yeah, that's true. We just have to Especially in the back of the car when the car's passed. You'd be like, I'm going to like So let's look at this here again. So we understand what elect is all about. Elect means to choose for an office, position, or duty. So when I started, when I gave you the criteria, standard, of stature, status, station, and standing, based on you being elect. Now, if you're the elect, you're going to change your behavior. And you're going to find out from these teachings and all the other things that God has going on what that means. You are the apocalyptic children of God are the elect that was in Christ before the foundation of the world. Do you need me to hold stuff? Because you know, I'll take the ball You sure? All right. Just remember that you said it was fine. Because I'm, I'm spread out over here. <laughs> Love to have you here. So think about it. If you are, the, uh, 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 and I have a lot of teachings that are going to come that we're going to get. I'm staying on this. So, you know, I started on the, uh, what, what did we say, the, the manifestation of the sons of God, which back then it would have been apocalyptic if I had paid attention, but I didn't, but I did since then. The manifestation of the children of God, and then we ran into from disciples to sons, and then we moved out of that, and we started moving into the 14 events and these and all of that. Then we moved on into so cool scripture organic. Come up first with the apostolic, and then we moved into so cool scripture organic, culturally unmodified. From there, we moved on into pedigree, and here we are. Destination. So, you being an apocalyptic offspring is not about walking around with, with banners and all of that. We can celebrate it by all means, but understand that this is a working position. This is not a vanity place. We don't have a vanity title here. So this is not a vanity calling, you know, one of the, you know, seven billion on the planet. No, no. You are up to seven billion. You have been chosen. You've been called out. You've been elected for an office, for position, or duty. From the word electors, which, of course, you can see, meaning to pick out, choose, and we can go on, to collect and gather under this apocalypse. Are you ready? Uh, whenever. Uh, I know you're fixing stuff. All right, so when we think about it, we're looking at this means to gather. It also means to speak. God speaks. We speak on God's behalf, and he speaks to his heaven and his angels concerning us. I like that, you know, because Jesus said, if you deny me, I'm going to deny you from the angels. And he said, and if you deny me, I'm going to deny you from my father. You're like, 
Okay, you wonder, well, I don't understand. I'm serving God, blah, blah, blah. But you go to church, you don't want to, you, you fall asleep or you come after the praise and, and leave before the word. And, you know, you come in or, or you go to your job or your friends, you don't want to embarrass them. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable because I'm a Christian. They don't mind if you feel uncomfortable with them cussing every other word. They don't mind if you feel uncomfortable with them telling you about their sex life. But you can't make them feel uncomfortable about Jesus Christ. See, that's denying him. That's denying him. And so when God, Jesus says, I'm not going to argue with you. and say, hey, you are my feelings. I'm going to tell the angels, back down. Leave them alone. And so you're like, I'm calling for help. I'm just calling for his help. Go to whom you gave credit to. I know we think that these passages are in here. The man Christ Jesus is a, well, he's a handful. He is a formidable man. And he is very solid very decided and decisive in his position. He said, so you deny me, because you think, well, he's going to deny me when the angels come. No, angels are here. And the angels ask Jesus. So what do you want us to do with that? How do you want us to handle that? You know? And so I will say to you that if Jesus is an embarrassment to you, don't worry about it. You'll be an embarrassment to him. See, we don't tell you that. We don't let you know there's reciprocity. God is a reciprocal God. That's why he said, sow and reap. Give and receive. You see, God's about reciprocity. And because his kingdom is based on that. Give and it shall be given unto you. You see how it works? Keep and it will be kept from you. That's the Jersey version. So I need you to think very differently about being the elect. And again, you're going to get your package. You're going to love, you will love this package that I've done. That, that's your next briefing package. You have a great time. And also, I ask you to have a wonderful time teaching you two more. <laughs> but so when you think of your, now the, the root of elect, which I think is so powerful, goes all the way down to to meaning to say, tell, speak, declare, to count, which means we are God. You know, God said in Isaiah, for he said, you're my witnesses that I am God. I chose you to know I'm God. I chose you to know there is a God, that God is a living God. I chose you to make it known to the world. That's election. We are the elect. And so he goes on and it talks about um, Lexus with speech, meaning, and coming from diction, which is the word logos. So logos is part of that. But logos is God's intelligence as well as his law, because LCS means law. So we, all of the things that you're going to hear me teach this in the future, all of the things that pertain to your duty and your office of apocalypse, so you have an office. This is not an event. This is an office. That's somebody here. Like we, the events come after we get in our office. And God's going to give you power. If you remember Revelation 11, he said, I gave power to my two witnesses. What did he Jesus said, I'm giving you power over all the power. God has always given his own power. All of it. And so you have to start expecting the power. You have to start believing the power. You have to start practicing the power. See, I, you know, we practice the presence. Good. Thank you. <laughs> we practice the presence, now we practice the power. Because you can't be in God's presence and not come away with power, not come away in power. All right, I'm going to shut up because you know I'm hot. So I'm going to let you. 
And I made that statement. It's based on the fact that you enter into God's realm, and God's not going to leave his realm in the hands of devils or humans without a counterbalance or counteraction. Mm. Yeah. Look at this. She, 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 I'm going to soak on that. Yeah, I'll uh, I think we. Okay. I think the other piece, um, you talked about the great exploits. Is God going to be re- reviving those caliber of mantles like Daniel's mantle in the earth, or are we talking about this is why it's spread to those who tap into the knowledge of God or agree with both? Well, the mantles of those. Uh, prophets haven't gone anywhere because the reason that they existed and they were installed in the earth haven't gone anywhere. We still got Babylon, we got a, you know, now it's our reaction. We still have all of those things. We got the Palestinians and the Israel, so the Israelites are still here as they are now. And so all of the populations and the, the cultures and, and societies that existed then are still here. So they never went anywhere. What happened was he just shut the office. And when you shut the office, when you think about it, everything we hear about ministry is gifts because God closed the office. And then, but when he starts closing the office, he's going to close people, I'm opening the office rather, he'll close people with those mantles depending on who they are. And they're going to show up because a lot of people say, well, I'm like the Moses, no, we didn't progress in yet, we didn't stop the city. You didn't take an army out. You didn't take a nation out. But I'm just like Abraham. Abraham is best of the mind. I want to talk about the five nations that Abraham took out. So we have fragments, or we have what I call reminiscence of those things. But God is looking to break all of that back. But what he did do is he put it all in Jesus Christ, which is, which is where he began. And Jesus will be disseminated. But there has to be a commitment and in addition to that, let us remember, those mantles address trials. They address calamities, tribulations. They were not just costumes. We didn't just walk around. You know, like we see some of these people do today. They want you to think they're real prophets. They put on all that stuff. Now, baby, it's not what no, 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 God's talking about. So, yes. Those things will come back, but he said greater works. What does that mean? That means that the angels, like that angel that talked to John, who was a prophetic angel, that those boundaries that they have become ours. We're very limited in time and space, but God wants that to us to be able to break those boundaries legally and lawfully. And it starts with us letting the world know. See, Daniel had to let everybody know I'm special and I'm different. Most of you all, you go to those little fast, quick, fast, and hungry prophetic schools, little prophetic weekend. I went to have a prophetic, but that's an encounter. You had an encounter with the prophetic. You did not learn anything prophetic. You had an encounter. You went to a bank little prophetic encounter. Little prophecy encounter. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. See, no, no, because when God trains a prophet, you are first crushed, and then you dust, and then you dust turns to rust, and then he brings you on back online, and then he starts you with dough, a little bit of dough, a little bit of cake, and slowly but surely brings you back up into who he is, because heaven is powerful. Steely, will, I'm telling you, God is 
because you can't even imagine the strength in the Lord's little thinking. The doctor oh, you know, like, it's kind of a stupid statement, but, you know, I didn't know what else to do but the comfort. And God is strong without ever touching you. His thoughts touch you. So there's a lot, and we have to teach people those thoughts. We have to teach them how God thinks, how he trains. We are the tall to For you to prophesy in a church, you can go to an encounter group. For you to tackle the adversaries of his kingdom, you probably need a little bit more. I would say, what you say? A little bit more. So we want that quick, fast, and in a hurry because you're not going to do anything significant with it. Your education is 100% tantamount to what God knows you're going to do with it for him and why you're taking it. So he said, to whom much is given, much is required. So if he gives you much, he's requiring much. And he says, the same measure that you needed out, I'm going to return it, replenish it. When we see needed back to you, just think replenish. So I'm going to replenish what you give out by the measurement you use to give it out. So if that's only waiting for somebody to prophesy or to prophesy to somebody in the parking lot, in the back room, in the kennel or something, hey, that's fine. That's how you're going to get that. You know, people prophesy to the dogs and whatnot. It's all right. Some of them need problems. And so the point that I'm saying to you is that if you're, you know, we have the church prophets and we have the kingdom prophets and then we have the thronal prophets. And that's three dimensions of the same office. The church prophets, you know, and usually congregational, not even church. So I should add a fourth one. Congregational is your local church. You, you, you know, whatever. It was the Lord saying after, you know, after high praise and worship. What's the Lord saying? And all that's fine. Nobody's against that. But that's a voice. That's all it is, is a voice. That's an utterance. Now, when we're talking about the ecclesial prophet, that's a little bit more. That's utterance plus undergirding. So now we have this utterance and we're undergirding. And then we have the, what did I say, the congregation of the Ephesians 4 left. That's why I keep saying it. Okay, then that's undertaking. So you're going to do, you, you have the power to say and do it and bring it to pass in the people that God has or what, whatever's in your charge. But when you are kingdom, that's ultimate, that's throne of, and that's also the source of beginning. So a lot of what you say may not show up until it means its way through all of that. So if you look wrong for a long time, before people say you're right. You know, today, after 30 years, 20, 30 years, people say, yeah, that woman of God is always there. She's always there, right, blah, blah, blah. I had to wait. I had to wait for their, their words. It was a seed to become a seed. And so your seed has got to come to its seed. And, but you cannot get bent out of shape or taken off course by people who say, well, you said, well, you said, you said, first of all, I don't spend a lot of time with people, so I have to hear that. And so, you know, but you do have to do it. Now, while my season was forming, I was working and producing product for my season. In other words, I was flourishing my season while my season was coming together. 
That's why I say you have to tend to your promise. If you say God told you that you're going to go to the nation, do not wait until you get an invitation to the nation. Because sometimes they do that. You know, you wait for the invitation to the nation. You're like, well, God, you said God's like, but I'm just waiting on the Lord. And the Lord's like, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. And the Lord said, well, you, well, Lord, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you to produce what you will take with what's in your mouth. But it's okay, a prophecy thing. No, 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 no. When I open my mouth, things happen. And if you're going to open your mouth with my word, you need to have product, support, material. See, we didn't teach you that. That's what you can't You can't get material ready in a weekend account. Can't do that. Are you ready? Okay, going back to now. God proves your persuasion. I think that was a very uppercut statement in this season for all of the things that we say we can't do for the Lord when there's a higher power that we respect or really feel we can't get around, all of a sudden those persuasions persuasion change. Thank you. Yeah, and how is that the hard, I think for myself over the years, one of the hardest wake-up calls you have is when you wake up and see your own double standards, Mm -hmm. your own biases, your own prejudices, uh, pertaining to the things of God, pertaining to other people where you realize, oh, I'm just, that's actually not a belief system I have for my life. That's just what I think about you or this situation, or whatever is being required of me, especially if it's for ministry or service unto the Lord. We, you know, we know over the years that tends to be the thing mm-hmm. that hears the excuses the most. Yeah. Well, I have to work. I have to travel. I have to be at home at a certain time or be in the bed at a certain time. And then some other force of life or nature kicks in, and you see all of these other concessions that are made. Mm-hmm. And realize, if you wanted to make that concession, you would have. You would have conceded in that maybe one area or one thing. It's like, yeah, you're right. And be honest with yourself. I really don't want to. And then have to deal with, why don't you want it? Why is this reason not good enough, but this reason isn't automatic or given? And as officers in the kingdom, I mean, we face that all the time. We face it all the time. We as apostles and prophets, we're constantly generating business. We're generating ideas. We're generating a whole lot of things that if we, we look up one day, we can realize our own ideas are in conflict with what God has set forth. Or, or even the timing of it or the way of it. Uh, you have taught us many times that the season in which God gives you a plant, you're talking about that seed in the season, the season in which he planted in you is not necessarily the season that you're supposed to do it. But in that planting, oh my goodness, he is anointing you, you're on fire, you don't understand. I had a dream, I had three visions, I had two prophecies. The stranger on the street came up to me. And uh, you have to know, or the Lord has to be able to say, but that's actually not for now. Mm-hmm. And this thing over here, it's always that thing over there that you really want to be later, mm-hmm. is now. And it's interesting when you think about it, how the Lord will also tell you something, 
and will tell you the work that seed and give you the harvest. So have you worked that seed and you don't get a piece of harvest off of it and you're frustrated, but that is training. That is grooming. There are so many lessons that come out of seeds that you are you were sure were meant to be a harvest when in fact God meant it to, meant for them to be a training, a development, simulation, pick size. And I had to learn that so that you would learn what seeds to pour yourself into and what seeds to wait for. There are instincts. A large extent of what God does is intelligence and instinct. So you you need, you want an instinct, but when you meet with all of the other setbacks, barriers, or whatever, they become intelligent. You know, the Lord told me to do that, but I didn't feel like it was for now. Or he could recall some things and let me know this is for now. Because when you receive from God, because God is outside of time, everything about God interjecting himself in time feels like it's the moment. It's the best. This is that, you know. And so it's difficult for you to realize that God, being outside of time, has everything rolling in one. But in time, he's allocating it. He's sliding it for, for the appointed season, people, and reason. The hardest thing to recognize about prophecy that we get wrong in our encounters, um, but we get wrong in our encounters. We have those prophetic, or I don't even call it prophetic, prophecy encounters. The hardest thing to realize is that the minute a prophecy leaves God's mouth and enters the human vessel, it becomes subject to the laws of the earth. It becomes subject to every law, every science, every biology, all of those laws, not just time and space. Because prophecy is being before it becomes. And so when we, when we give a prophet, prophetic word, that's why God can prophesy Josiah all those years. Right. You know, like God prophesied Josiah all those years, and there's going to be a period of one And you're like, really? Cyrus prophesied, uh-huh. Isaiah prophesied Cyrus. Mm-hmm. All those years, he prophesied. And named it. Why? Because prophecy is always genetic, and it goes from being genetic to biologic, and it goes through all of those things, so it's a hit generation, genealogy, on and on and on, until the person, all of that stuff, that's why Jesus could say, a body you have prepared for me. They prophesied his body, his physical construction and arrival in that construction all of those times. You, you know, you, I mean, you can say, well, we prophesied to the wind. You did. You probably did prophesy to the wind, but the wind had to find a vessel. <laughs> right. right. Somebody had to pick it up. And that's the piece that we have got to come terms with when we're talking prophecy. Okay, I have a question, too. Um, earlier you said this is not an apocalypse. This is human. This is not apocalyptic. This is humanist. This is a line sign you said you don't wonder, but line sign. How can the saint begin to filter what is truly apocalyptic and what's a line sign and what is? Well, what's man made? Yeah, humanist. This is humanist. This one here, well, first of all, they said a human made. 
or him later than the last. And then it kind of escaped the last. I don't know who helped it escape, but it escaped the last. And so this was not a natural occurring thing. This is biologic, it was scientific, it was chemical, whatever you want to call it. So if that's the case, but, but God could have told me to do it. Yeah, but God never did. He never needed biology to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't need a lab for plagues. He did the plagues, and we didn't have a lab. Um, I mean, they had doctors and physicians back then. He didn't do that. Uh-uh, they were naturally occurring calamities. Nobody went and seeded the clouds to rain down some, you know, disease. You know, nobody had to make a dirty bomb to fill up the, 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 the clouds the air. So we have got to recognize God does not need biological material to do it. He just needs the angels. God, because God is wondering with those spirits. God, God, you can God been running viruses without last for a long time. Hasn't he? Long time. So if we have to say, well, you know, it was whipped up in the lab, and, that, and these people are in the laboratory whipping things up. These are diabolical inventors who are determined to infect and if they can debilitate humanity. This was a test. It just came out a little earlier than it thought it should come, but it was a test. And it, that test, well, you know, it actually came from a bat. Oh, first of all, let me just talk about this. What is the bat doing in your experiment? <laughs> and you all, I mean, that, a good, good laboratory is a full of those animals. So we can't say that this was an in-the-wild animal. How did you get it? If he was in the wild, how did you get it? No, this was human. And not only was it humanist, it didn't affect what they said it would affect as a natural occurring flu would, if there was one, because we don't know what they're doing now. But a naturally occurring flu would have passed on just in a, like it does. They ne- through all of COVID, they never told you about another flu. <laughs> they never told you about another flu strain. Why? Because this was humanist. This was not God. This was human. And you have to accept that. Because if you don't accept that, then you're going to be susceptible to everything they do. This was human. And again, look at the fruit. And then follow the money. See, when, when we had all those other flu epidemics, nobody shut down anything. You know, every year. Every year. We're talking about the H1N1 with Barack Obama. He didn't shut down anything. And that was a damageable flu. And we didn't call it a disease. What made COVID a disease? What upgraded to that? Now, I know we have some scientific rhetoric to say all of that, but when we think about it, it's still a flu. So we know this was not gone. This was not naturally occurring. It did not just come up out of whatever. Well, they all come out, they're airborne, but that's fine. This was not, this became airborne. Now, whether it was meant to be, that's a whole other discussion. But when I look at the fruit, number one, they told us that we were going to have millions. We haven't hit that. Seven billion people on the planet. We lost more people to heart disease and cancer, to um, diarrhea and all of these other bug things. We can say that a bug brought it. Well, we don't know about that. We can't see a bug. Most of us, we don't know that. But we look at the technology people. You watch. And see, I'm watching how all of my devices keep changing. 
See, I'm paying attention to that. I'm watching how Gates wants to force. Now, you're a technology guy, and you want to pat, you want to force laws on us to make us susceptible to your little chips. See, but you're a technology guy. So we call an X-Prince out. We're not having that print. This is not the generation for that. So when God has an apocalypse, because we've looked at it, and Revelation is letting us know all of the apocalypse he has on the books, and he has some real apocalypse on the book. Read those things. Okay. So when we look at the, um, when we look at scripture, we look at the apocalypse. The apocalypse should be starting according to, you know, they're wonderful. They don't <laughs> the apocalypse. But we're looking at the apocalypse. We, we, don't, we have to get all the way to Revelation 6 to see, to get into the calamity that are supposed to strike the earth. They start with the trumpet. They don't start with the seals. So when you look at this and you start seeing Jesus is opening up all of these seals, the Lamb is opening up these seals, he's opening up the seals as the sacrifice one, not the reigning father yet, as the sacrifice one, because he earned the right to do it with his blood. So he had to be killed. See, the lion wasn't killed. The lamb was. So he's back to life. But his death as the, as the, the son of God, the second person of the Godhead, stopped a lot of the things that were under the first dispensation or the, you know, pre-Mosaic or pre-resurrection era. Now he's alive. He's back home. I'm sitting there because he wasn't the lamb like that at home. He was lamb here. So he's opening up all of these things. And we look at the horse, the pale horse. We look at all of these things. And it's not until we get to, ah, it's not until we get to the other, when I look at this, when I, am I still, okay. Okay. When I, when, and when he opened the fish field, we see, we deal with God. Now we're getting people involved and we deal with God who is, has all of these people on the altar. Who are these people? The folks who were who died for God's word. They say Jesus. They say God's word, and who made it to heaven. They're, they can't, you know, they can't enjoy the fullness of their uh, salvation and redemption until we're there. And so then we go out and and we they were given white robes and every one of them. And we go out and then verse twelve. He opened, and when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. Now, if you have your own scripture, I want your own Bible, circle verse 12, because that's a de- deciding, but also, I would say, a defining factor. So, Jesus, the Lamb, opened the sixth seal, and there's an earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth. Because of this earthquake. So it affected the cosmos. And the moon became a blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth. 
even as a fig tree casteth her untimely fig when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Then and then the heaven departed as a scroll. Now we're still in the sixth sphere. We're still in the sixth sphere. And so we go there and we look in the heavens roll and then King of Earth. So all the earth is destroyed in the sixth sphere. That means all of its world institutions. All we, we're all back to nature. And not only are we back to nature, without the institutions, all of those powerful people have nothing to rule. So we are back to primitivity. All this, an apocalypse, if you want to, because you just like the idea. This is a man-made calamity. And it is controlled by technology. Because when God steps up, you don't have to worry about where Microsoft and, and, and Facebook are going to They're gone. They're gone somewhere between the earthquake, the sun falling, the moon, the sun and moon of blood. So the only thing that's remaining is the sun and the moon in the heavens, but the stars are falling. Constellation's gone. Universe shattered. So if you want to say that, because see, you're reading interpreters who are judging it according to news reports. That's right. Not according to nature. Has to do with nature. Has to do. This is going to be great. You're going to love it as we go forward with it again. We're running out of time. Did that answer the question? So you need to follow your Bible, too. Because, see, well, you know, the Israelis made this pact. They made 99 pacts. Oh, this one got the six, six, six. This one got the so and so. See, those are news reports and human events. You also want to lay them against God events That's good. and not just current events. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this has been really powerful today, and this is our moment to take uh, to take a moment to sow a seed and that's so impactful and important to us here at the Jesus and Paula show. So, listen, this is what we want you to do. We want you to follow directions on your screen, and I'll go through them with you as well. There's three ways that you can sow and be a part of Dr. Price's ministry and this work that we're doing here. The first way is paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price if you're a PayPal user. And then if you are a Cash App user, her handle there is Dr. Paula Price. And then you can also use text to give, text to give. So 
We need to make that clear. This is not it. Because I'm telling you, there's a whole lot that has to transpire before we get there. But, you know, check with me tomorrow night. You might appreciate the rest of this discussion that I had to cut off so abruptly. I love you all. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless your children. I speak healing to your body, healing to your home. I speak wealth to your life in your pocket. I restore your economy. In, uh, in, I restore your economy. I restore your finances in Jesus' name. I give you jobs. I speak to the principalities of personnel and workplaces, and I tell them to get you back to work in Jesus' name. We may have a powerful government who's handling it in the natural, but I want you to understand that if it's not done in the spirit, it's frustrated in the natural. Don't ever forget that. Pull those principalities down. God bless you. Yes, we see.